0: moving my head yeah i'm laying it off well that too i'm pronating when you're not supernating. i'm clearing too early i'm clearing too late my god my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair i look like a fool what the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up lee jansen's ass We're waiting. What is up, golf fans? And welcome back to another episode of Fairways and Dreams. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman. And it is a Thursday episode, which means it is just me and my thoughts about the game of golf. We'll talk about some news that's going on in the golf world. We're going to be talking about some picks coming up for the upcoming tournament. That'll all happen after we talk about the topic of discussion today, which is why do we golf? Why do we golf? We'll talk about that. Before we talk about that, I do want to mention a couple things. First, the Golfer Gang Podcast Network is live. It is active. It is thriving. We just brought on some new podcasts. Really excited. The Golf Rehab Podcast is joining the Golfer Gang Network really young podcast just getting started. I think they're going to have big things in store for them as well as the break 80 podcast group, well-established podcast. They are out of Minnesota. They talk about a lot about golf in Minnesota, but also the national game. Check those podcasts out. The newest members of the golfer gang and a big shout out to the drop podcast group who just had Barstool sports foreplay. One of their guys. I'm not going to say it. You go check it out. Just kidding. It's, it's Mr. Rappaport. Go check out that podcast. It was a phenomenal interview. Those guys do a great job. The Drop Podcast. Go check those guys out, as well as all of our podcasts. I'll be plugging those on this show as we go. Also, big shout-out to Acorn Hills. If you want information about Acorn Hills Clothing Company, go to acornhillsco.com. Again, acornhillsco.com, and use the code FD15 at checkout to save yourself 15% on your complete order Again, Acorn Hills, some really great apparel, comfortable, good looking, give it a shot. I've gifted it to a bunch of people. They all love it. I love it. Give it a shot, Acorn Hills. All right. So why do we golf? Why do we golf? I think it's important that we understand the why. That's something that, again, in school, you hear all the time. You have to know your why. Like, why are you doing this? And to me, it brings me back to my, my young kids. I have five kids. My youngest is five years old. My oldest is 15. The younger ones, they definitely ask the question, why? A whole hell of a lot. It's an important question. Why? Well, we have to do this. Why? But why do we have to do this? I mean, they they constantly ask that question. It's a fair question to ask. Why? Why are you doing anything? Why are you the way that you are? In this case, why do we play this game of golf. So I asked this on Instagram, just put a story out there, had a couple responses, those that weren't bots. And here's what some people said for the social life. It keeps relationships alive and it helps build new ones. Fair enough. Another person said, it's something my brother and I do together. We put the world away for a second. I love that. My, My brother lived a lot closer to me. We used to golf all the time and I missed that a lot. So those were good reasons for why we golf. But you know, we all have our own reasons for playing this great, yet really, really frustrating game. This game is beyond frustrating for everyone, for everyone. And so when you ask yourself this question, and just like with the goals last week, when I talked about my goals for 2024, and I encourage anyone that listens to my podcast to do the same thing, to set goals for themselves in this upcoming season, I think that it's important To ask ourselves, why do I play this game? Why do I even care about this game? Well, it could be different for everyone. I will say this: very few can call this game work. You know, there's there's some people that are like, "Well, why do you golf?" Well, it's it's my job. You know, okay. So if you're a professional player, you 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 play golf for money. Makes sense. Maybe you're a, a salesman and you spend a lot of time on the course doing business. Okay, that makes sense. It's part of work. I doubt you hate it though. Nonetheless, for very few, it's work. Almost all of the general population that are just your average golfers, it is a recreational game. For many, it's incredibly frustrating. You will go on the course and you leave the course not in a good mental state. Let's put it that way. You leave the course asking yourself sometimes, why do I even play this game? And that's a challenge. Yet we keep going. I remind myself this all the time. I don't know. Maybe you don't know this. Those that are listening to this podcast that the average male score, the average male 18 hole score is between a 92 and a hundred, a 92 and a hundred. So I have to remind myself that when I get pissed off, when I shoot an 82, I have to remind myself that when I am talking last week about, can I break 70 for the second time in my life? The average golfer is between a 92 and hundred and yet they keep playing. And it makes you wonder why would they put themselves through this? There has to be something more to it. There has to be something attached to this game that is not based solely on the result. Because if it was based solely on the end result, they would have stopped a long time ago. You have people that for their entire lives never break 90. I want anyone out there that shoots in the 80s or even in the 70s to think about what it would be like if you struggled even break 90 in the game of golf. Would you keep going? I say it openly all the time. People are like, "Oh yeah, I golf. I love golf. What's oh, that's cool. How often do you play?" Well, I shot a 120 at this one course. My gosh! I told my wife. I would tell my wife later if I shot a 120, I'd never play the game again. <laughs> it would be beyond frustrating for me. But I've been playing my whole life, and I understand that. So I thought it was time for me to answer the question. Here I am, Jeff Hartman, host of this podcast, do a whole bunch of other stuff. Why do I golf? Because I'd love talking about golf. I wouldn't have a podcast where I do two shows a week every Tuesday and Thursday if I didn't love the game. But why do I golf? Why do I golf? I mean, this podcast is not huge. This podcast is just kind of like a labor of love for me. I just like to do it. So I thought about it. And I came up with these reasons for why I love the game of golf. Not in any particular order. The first one is it's outside. I love being outside. If I had the choice of being outside more often than I am inside, I would take that option. And I love the fact that, especially in the warmer months, even in the early spring, when it's a little cool, still fall, when it's getting cooler, man, those are, the, those are phenomenal times to be outside. I'm also very fortunate at the country club where I belong, which is where I play probably about probably 95% of my golf is at that club. We have some unbelievably gorgeous views of what's called the Pleasant Valley here in Western Maryland, um, which is a very historic area in terms of the Civil War and all that stuff and people moving westward. And so the Pleasant Valley, I mean, you can just stand on some tee boxes. And even if it's a slow day on the course, you just kind of get mesmerized. You you get mesmerized by looking at the mountains and, and the beautiful trees and the scenery. I love it. I really do. It's kind of like an escape for me. A lot of my job is based on a computer, looking at a screen, whether it's promoting stuff on social media, answering questions, doing things with podcasts. A lot of that stuff is inside on a screen in front of a microphone. That's my job. So when I can take, I can take some time even to play nine holes, two hours, and I can go out and be outside for two hours, yes, I will take it. I think the next for is the fact that, in case you don't know this about me, a lot of people that listen to this might be family and friends, and they do. I am a perfectionist. In every aspect of my life, I am a perfectionist. Everything from the way that I train as a a former personal trainer, as the outward aesthetics of my body, I am a perfectionist. If it's how I do my job, if it's how I... How well can I do it at podcasting and things like that? How well can I handle myself in front of other people? It doesn't matter. I'm a perfectionist. I want to be the very best that I can be. In this game, the game of golf, is a constant challenge to that. You can never perfect golf. Even the greatest players to ever walk this earth, your Jack Nicholas's your Tiger Woods, you're talking about Gary Player, Tom Watson, any golfer that's had some sustained success and longevity, they have never perfected the game of golf. They have won a lot, but they have lost more than they've ever won. You cannot perfect it. This isn't a situation where one day you'll sit back and say, I can't believe it. I figured it out. I perfected every aspect of the game of golf. No, no, it is a constant challenge. And that's one of the things that draws me to the game. It is a constant challenge. The game of golf is unforgiving. Talked about that a few podcasts ago when I talked about my son who was born with a disability and how the course, it doesn't soften for anyone. You got to go out and you have to execute the golf shots. On Tuesday, when I had Don Donatello on, he talked about how he, he just felt like the biggest difference was mental. And when he was trying to get on tour himself and trying to qualify for the US Open, hell, that guy shot 60 a couple times in his life. He said, you just got to go out and execute the golf shots. And that's the challenge. There's no one to blame but yourself. So the challenge in and of itself, being a perfectionist is definitely one of the whys that I play. I also find it to be really fun. There are times where it's not fun, but it's also really fun being out there with, Anyone. And sometimes just being out there by yourself can be a lot of fun. You go, you're going golfing, you're playing nine holes, playing 18 holes, doesn't matter. Hell, even just going to the driving range is fun. When I go with my kids to the driving range, they love it because they just like to, you know, they're like me when I was a kid. My uncle Dave used to call me Speedy Gonzalez on the driving range because I would hit golf balls at such a rapid rate. We would be done with a bucket in 10 minutes. And I would just, boom, 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 boom on the, on, on the driving range. And he called me Speedy Gonzalez. My kids, I, I will slow them down and say, let's play a little game. Let's play a challenge game. See that closest flag there. It's about 50 yards away. Let's see who can get it closest. we go one at a time. And they love it. They freaking love it. Cause it is fun. It is a fun game. It is a, it's a really fun game. And so I do have fun getting out there. Of course, the next is family. Family is a large reason why I love the game of golf my family is a golfing family whenever it's not often that my brother and my dad and myself are all together in the same in the same place when we are we always try and golf it doesn't always work out the weather doesn't always cooperate but we always try to golf and so i looked at it and said the family and now that i'm teaching my children my five kids all have some level of interest in the game of golf that's awesome if if i get older And they continue to golf with me. Perfect. Perfect. And that means that if my kids have left the house and they say, call me up and say, hey, dad, what are you doing? I said, I'm golfing this Saturday. Do you want to join me? And they say, yes. That means that I'll have them just to myself for however many hours we decide. If we're playing nine, playing 18, doesn't matter. Not many endeavors can do that where you have that time to talk, to be able to, catch up, do all that stuff. That's one of the reasons why I golf. And the last, certainly not the least, is fitness. I am a very fitness-oriented guy. I work out really early in the morning. I love weightlifting. I love just challenging my body. It makes me feel better. It makes me look better. Uh, I'm doing things at 41 that I wasn't doing at 21 as it pertains to fitness. Golf, I love the fitness aspect of it. I don't ride in a car too often. I like to walk. I like, I am a (laughs) hoover. I like to walk the golf course. Do I carry my bag? I carry my bag more often than not. I carry my bag. If we play nine, if we go 18, I will sometimes take a cart. It depends, not a cart, but a a push cart overseas. They call it a buggy. That's a golf cart, by the way. I just found that out this week, but no, I'll take my push cart. If I'm playing 18 sometimes, but I, I honestly look at the game of golf and say, you walk a lot. I don't think people understand that how much you walk when you're golfing. And let's also not pretend that we are not always walking in a straight line. Yes. You always hope to hit the fairway. Yes. You always hope to hit the green. And it's just a nice from a to B the straightest, the the, the straightest course is a straight line. Doesn't always work that way. So those are the reasons why I golf and I love golf. We all love golf. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you like golf. So answer that question for yourself. Maybe it's social. Maybe it's your time away from the kids. Maybe it's your time away from your wife. Maybe it's just your time away from work. That's all fine. There's no right or wrong when it comes to why we love the game of golf. All right, something I'm going to do every Thursday, I go on my Twitter account. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And I just basically say, hey, anyone that's a golfer out there, you have questions, fire away. Actually had some questions today. So let's go ahead. I had one last week. We got more this week. Let's do this. So Brian Haynes, he asked, what's the best advice would you give to someone who wanted to start golfing, but has never tried it before? This is a great question and one I've been asked a lot. I will say that the best advice that I can give you is to try and seek out a lesson, especially if you're older. The one thing, and I'm going to steal this again from Tuesday's podcast with Don Donatello. He said one of the reasons why he was able to get so good so quick is that he was surrounded by PGA professionals. They were able to help him, teach him. Here's how you grip the club. Here's your proper stance. Here's how you should take the club back. Here's how you should follow through. It taught him good technique, a good swing early on in his development. It's really difficult to break bad habits. Really difficult to break bad habits. So if you don't develop those habits, that's an that's a, that's an easier. Entry point to the game of golf is the best way for me to put it. So my best advice is go get a lesson or two from a good professional. If you have a friend that knows the swing well enough that they can kind of give you the basics, here's how you want to hold the club. Here's how you want to stand when you're bringing the club back. This is what it should look like. This is the path it should be on as it comes down to make contact with the ball. Here's the slot that you should be in. And then you try to emulate that over and over and over again. Then you can go that route. Otherwise, hit up a pro. Get a get a lesson. Corey Eckenroth, he asked a question. What's my favorite current club? My favorite current club, and it's it really has never changed for me, is my seven iron. My seven iron, I, I can I can hit it far. I, I feel like I have way more range with my seven iron. And this has nothing to do with tin cup and me saying that, oh yeah, tin cup, you know, I can hit I hit my seven like daily. It's a three, as Kevin Costner said. Uh, but I think it's always been my seven iron of all time. I, I just have always I've had these clubs that I have for since two thousand and five. It's always been my seven iron. I will say that I used to have a club. It was called the Judge, a Founders Club Golf Club. It was a five wood. This graphite shaft. I think my dad got it like Value City for Christmas. I needed a five wood. It was probably twenty five dollars. This graphite shaft felt like a noodle. Like it was so whippy because it was probably like a regular flex. It wasn't a a nice shaft at all. But I killed that club. I mean, I always laced that five wood and it was tough when I gave it up, but it, when I got tall enough and strong enough, I just couldn't control it. Like the, the, the shaft just wasn't good enough. So that was probably my favorite uh, club of all time. The favorite course that I've a- actually played. So I, I haven't traveled like overseas or anything like that in terms of limiting like where I've golfed, I, I would say it's a very small area that I have golf, but my favorite course that I've actually played. That's not my country club. I would have to say is between one of two courses that are very similar. One of my favorite courses is actually in Western Maryland. It's actually in Pennsylvania. It's whitetail golf resort. It's a ski resort, but they also have a golf course and it is like playing two different courses. So the front nine and a couple other holes in the back are at the bottom of this mountain. And you have this meandering stream that goes all the way through. And so what you have is constant yardages to the stream. Okay, so off the tee, you need 250 carry to be able to get over the stream where you got to lay up and you're going to have a long iron into a par four. It's a challenge, but it really makes you think the game of golf in a different lens. And then you go up on the mountain and it's like you're playing a different golf course. And it's it's crazy with the elevation changes and it's almost target golf. It's a lot of fun. The other course that I like, which I always play well better is uh, the Arnold Palmer design in Wheeling, West Virginia at Spydell golf club. The Robert Trent Jones course is a beautiful golf course. It's a course I grew up playing and it kicks my ass so many times that I I always play better on the Palmer design. The Palmer Design is a little bit more link style. Uh, It's, it's the same situation where you have a long drive in a golf cart to get to the other side of this hole where you have, I think. Probably about eighty five to ninety percent of the golf co- golf course is on one side. It's a fun course, though. I think it's very playable. It's a risk reward course, and that's what I like. Okay, next best hole in the wall course you've played that no one knows about. Um, hmm, best hole in the wall course that I've played. I'd have to say that see in, around here, everyone knows about these courses. Like there's no real course. like I would say that my country club is a course that a lot of people haven't played. And, uh, I, I would say up in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, Greencastle greens is another course. It's kind of off the beaten path, but is a really nice course, really challenging too. good questions. Zach Farnsworth said under ideal conditions, what club do you have the most confidence in besides the putter? I can't say that I have a lot of confidence in my putter. I just got a new one. Actually, I got an odyssey double wide last year's stroke lab putter really excited. This, this head on this thing is heavy. It's well-balanced. I've been practicing here at the house. Anxious to get out there and try it out. So, but what club do I have the most confidence in? Yeah, I think it's my my seven, eight iron. I, I love those clubs, even nine iron. I, I love the, the shorter irons. I feel very confident in that. And then lastly, what club do you want to improve on in 2024? It is for me, the driver. I'm very serious about, it. I need to shorten my swing. I have done a lot of videos hitting into the net. And I just think I bring the club back way too far. And, and a lot of stuff messes up when I take it past parallel. So, I need to shorten it up, and i' have, I've even told my daughter who was out there with me, I would be willing to sacrifice some yardage if it means that I keep it in the fairway more often. So that's the club I want to improve on. Next one is from a guy named Tendercat. How the heck can I permanently straighten my drive? Half the time I have a bad slice, Only way I can straighten it is to not turn my hips. Also, how can I get better with chipping? The worst part of my golf game is hitting with an iron from the fairway to the green. Well, TenderCat, that sounds like your game is not very good, (laughs) if I'm being honest. Uh, How can I permanently straighten my drive? It's all about your takeaway and then how your body reacts from the takeaway. So in other words, if you bring it in real tight to your body, your body tends to come out and over the top, which can cause that slice. You have to understand about the face of the golf club as it comes into impact with the ball, What, what is it doing to the golf ball, spinning the ball? So I could give you a a tutorial. I I would try to beat my brains out trying to do this in audio form. But what I will tell you to do is to go to the fairways and dreams podcast, go all the way back. And it's only about two or three weeks ago. I had Adam Harnett on who's a golf pro from over in, in the UK. He talked about this, listen to what he says. And he might be able to help you with chipping. It's a feel thing. It depends on how you want to hit the ball. It depends on your lie. Depends on the grass. Are you going against the grain? Or are you going with the grain? The biggest thing with chipping is never decelerate. If you, I'd rather take it back short and accelerate through than bring it back really far and then try and go slow through the impact zone. That's when you end up chunking the ball and it just kind of goes and just dribbles forward. Uh, in terms of the worst part of your game is your iron play go to the driving range and hit golf balls, repetition, repetition, worst case scenario, go back and get a lesson. Seriously. It can help. Last one from JJB, Jeff, what would be your advice on how to speed up a painfully slow player in your regular group? Who is a good guy. Otherwise, trust me, this fellow stands motionless over his shot for so long that we nicknamed, nicknamed him cobweb. If you've given this dude a nickname, so you've, made it apparent that he needs to hurry it up um i <laughs> i know that my my dad and his buddies because I don't have a group like this where i golf i wish I did but I don't his buddies they're a real tight knit group and there was a guy that always took like five or six practice swings and they would just rib him to death until he stopped oh my gosh good lord how many swings do you need like they would just constantly have this stuff uh i if you can't if it's really bothering you all that much then maybe you say look man If you're not going to speed up the game, we might have to just ask you not to play anymore. If it's that bad. If it's that bad. It's a giant if, but just still something to consider. So those are some great questions. I love answering questions from social media. You can follow me again on Twitter at jhartman, H-E-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I I put out that tweet probably every Wednesday. You can respond. I'll answer those on the Thursday podcast here on Fairways and Dreams. We do have some news to talk about on the... uh, I, I try to save... PGA tour live crap till the very end so that some of these podcasts never get old. Uh, And then I'm also going to talk about the upcoming tournament and give you a couple bets. If you're interested in that the news, Anthony Kim is back. He's with live golf. Everyone's making a big deal about this. I didn't hear this story, but supposedly Anthony Kim ruptured an Achilles tendon. This was a long time ago. The dude's 38 years old now. Hasn't golfed. I think in 10 or 11 years professionally, and he had taken out insurance on himself. That he would pro- he would pocket about ten million dollars if he got injured, but the insurance policy stated that he could never tee it up professionally again, or he would lose that money. And so reports are and rumors are that Live Golf is fronting the ten million dollars, saying, "Hey, you tee it up for Live Golf, we'll pay you the ten million plus some. Don't worry about it." And so that's why he's going to live. That's why he's getting back on in the professional golf scene. We'll see how it goes. I have zero. I have zero expectations for Anthony Kim. I have no idea. Everyone's like, I think he's going to be great. No, I don't think so. Uh, not, not, not right away. It's going to be tough to get back into the game, but Anthony Kim, good to see AK back in the game. Next, let's go to Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, where the PGA Cognizant Classic, also formerly known as the Honda Classic, is happening. Not a huge field. Again, a lot of players are taking some weeks off as they get ready for the Players' Championship coming up in the month of March. And then, obviously, in April, we know what that is. Beginning of April, it's time for the Masters. So this PGA Cognizant Classic, Rory McIlroy is in the field. He's plus 700. I'm not taking Rory to win. I am actually, actually want the better odds. I want the better odds. I'm going to go with Cameron Young. Cameron Young plus 2,200 to win this tournament. I like those odds. It's going to be tough. It's difficult because all of these events that, that, that have happened on the PGA Tour this year, these relatively no-name guys that have had crazy odds to win are winning these tournaments outright. Look at last week with, uh, with Knapp winning. I mean, no one expected him to win this tournament down in Mexico. So I like Cameron Young, plus 2,200. If you want a special play, I went with Rory McIlroy, Cam Young, and Eric Cole all to finish in the top 20. That's a plus 750 bet. So not great odds because they're two out of those three guys have, have some of the best odds to win. And they're finishing top 20, including ties. If Eric Cole can get the job done, you can win some bets. You can win some bets. And obviously, once the tournament has started, you can actually get live bets going. Uh, I know a good buddy of mine, he actually has started to gamble on golf in the live format. Fourth round, he's watching it, seeing how it's going. He puts a couple bucks down on, let's say, Hideki Matsui uh, at Riviera a couple weeks ago. And he, he won some money. So good for him. So there you have it, my bets for this weekend. I am not playing these, by the way. I am not playing these. I'm probably not playing a bet until the players, if not the players, definitely the Masters. I love to do that for the Masters, but that's it. There's our Fairways and Dreams podcast for this Thursday. I thank you all for listening. Answer that question for yourself that we asked at the beginning. Why do we golf? Why do we golf? think about that answer that let me know what your thoughts are you can find me on social media instagram the underscore life or on twitter as you heard me say earlier at j hartman h-a-r-t-m-a-n underscore p-i-t that does it for me on this thursday show i hope you check out all of our golfer gang podcasts on the golfer gang network website hopefully live before the masters so stay tuned for that we'll have that for you in the meantime you know, we finish up these solo shows be safe be kind god bless and hit them straight We'll see you on Tuesday for another two-man screen.